Well, welcome to Q&A. Thanks for joining us. And so this is your opportunity to ask questions from the service this morning. So uh, not the question, the numbers on the screen. <laughs> we'll have a question for you. Uh, so we'd encourage you to send those in. We have um, some that have come in and we'll go ahead and get started. But if you think of others as we're going, sometimes questions spur other thoughts. So please feel free to send them in. Uh, we love the opportunity to answer them for you this morning. So if you're ready to Sure. Jump and on just, in. I think you said this last week, Tracy, but I, I always find that when people ask questions, it's the, uh, it's the same question that other people have but might not be yes. comfortable or mm -hmm. not how to uh, articulate it in terms of. So uh, don't hesitate. Uh, I know we've all grown up being told no questions, a stupid question. But if you genuinely have a question, I hope, you, I hope they will. Yeah. I mean, oh, I didn't turn on my microphone. Oops. <laughs> Details. I have no idea what you just, if anybody heard what I just said, but I said, ask your question if you have one. <laughs> Sorry. Ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so first question, um, when you say we need to be more dependent on the spirit, what does that look like practically as a believer? Is that our words, actions, decisions? How do I know if I'm dependent or acting on my own? Uh-huh. When I say, well, you're not asking in theory necessarily the question there. When it says dependent upon the Spirit, what's that mean practically? Uh, the principle, before we jump in practical, Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches, he who abides in, him, in me and I in him will bear much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. And I think it's important, I, I go to that for this reason, Tracy. I think people take that verse and they they, um, they go too far and go, oh, so you can't do anything apart from Jesus. People do stuff all the time apart from Jesus. Mm -hmm. And even people can do some, quote unquote, good things apart from Jesus. And I don't mean apart from the sovereignty of God. I'm saying that Jesus said, you cannot do this apart from me. And what the this is in the context is bear fruit. Mm -hmm. So the fruit is... That you cannot bear the work of God apart from Him, which makes perfect sense. How could I bear the fruit of the Spirit apart from the Spirit? But I don't want you to think, well, people are going to drive to work tomorrow <laughs> apart from Jesus. They don't, I don't need Jesus to drive to work. So the dependence is, is to say... There are people that I will not love apart from being dependent upon Jesus. So let's start practically with loving people. There's people that I will love ordinarily, and we talked about it. People that love me, people who are nice to me, people that are like me, people that like to do the things that I like to do. There's nothing supernatural about me loving that person. That's ordinary. Dependence upon the Spirit is to say... That's a person who I don't naturally enjoy, I don't naturally want to spend time with, but God has placed them in my life. So to depend upon the Lord in that moment is to say where I would normally ordinarily step away from opportunity, mm. minutes, a meal, an afternoon with that person, I will step into that opportunity believing that though we are different, though we don't always enjoy the same things, or maybe that they're not kind to me, I'm going to step into it, and I'm going to do what Jesus did for me 
in that because I wasn't kind to him. That was the whole point of I wasn't kind. I wasn't smart enough, good enough for Jesus to step into my life, but he did. So that's to depend upon him in terms of how I love. Sometimes we're patient, and it's ordinary patience. But then we say things like, I've had it up to here. Not that you've ever said that as a mom. never, never. never. I've had it up to here, which means if you do that again or do anything in the realm of that again, I will kill you, or I will explode. (laughs) Serious consequences. Yes. And in other words, I don't have anything left. That's actually the moment of going, I will either live an ordinary life and explode in the next moment, or I will go, Lord, I don't have any gas left in the tank. I don't have any more patience left within myself. But I will remain patient because you are patient, and you're patient with me. So it's that moment of dependence. I think we've talked about it sufficiently in the message about forgiveness. It's Mm -hmm. not waiting until I think the person has really demonstrated enough uh, consequence. Because that's what we want. We want people to, okay, you suffered enough pain for what you did wrong. Now I'll forgive you. Well, that's just ordinary. It's saying, I'm going to forgive you without making you suffer. Um, Another practical, uh, I will serve in ways that take me out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. It's most comfortable for me to be in the back of the room, not in front of the room. It's most comfortable for me to not lead, and it's most comfortable for me not to speak, which I know sounds weird. (laughs) But that's what's most comfortable. I believe that God has called me to lead and to speak. So... In all of those moments, there is a dependence upon the Lord because I would not ordinarily do that. That has to be a step of faith and therefore trusting that God will give me the extra Mm -hmm. beyond the ordinary to hopefully speak and lead in not a perfect manner, but I don't, and I don't even mean by results, extraordinary. You know, we'd all want to lead and speak extraordinary. I mean extraordinary in the sense that it's beyond what I would ordinarily do. So I hope that's enough practical Mm -hmm. examples. Anything that you, an example that you would think or that an area you would go, okay, what would faith look like uh, in that way that you think I'm missing? Um, There's not anything I think of that you're missing. The relational piece is something that just very practically when you've had those experiences, like, Lord, help me to love this person and see them as you see them. Yes. Because right now I'm struggling. Right. And then to experience that joy for that person, that just peace and conversation Mm -hmm. is undescribable. Okay, so super practical for me. Mm -hmm. I was in a situation where it was going to be hard for me to engage this person because of how they had hurt me. And I didn't want to. And I was wrestling. People would say, well, just love them. And I was like, I know I'm supposed to love them. I just don't know what that really looks like. So wrestling through that for a couple of days, here's what the practical nature of the Lord gave me. Do for them, the person that it's hard for you to do for them, do for them what you would do for the person that it's easy for you to do Mm -hmm. for. In other words, 
to do in the extraordinary what you would do for the ordinary, if you get my language in there. Mm -hmm. And so, and that really, really helped me to understand what it would mean to depend upon the Lord, to live by faith, to love by faith in that moment, to do for the person that it's hard to do what I would do for the person that it was easy to do. I hope that that's helpful. Absolutely. I think that can be true with serving as oh, well. In every way. Oh, yep. sure. I take a meal to this person, but yes. I don't know this person that much. I might yeah. get sucked into their house for an hour, you know, right. but still, you can. They brought a meal to me. I should take a right. meal to, to them. Right. Or it seems they easy. Bun- yes. Uh, it's reciprocal versus mm-hmm. faith in yes. terms of the action. So depending upon the Lord in, in all those ways. Absolutely. And really just adds a testimony to your story of how the Lord has been faithful and providing for you mm-hmm. those situations where you were at your end, you were at that weakness, and then he, he took care of it. There's a refining of my own heart in this process. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about the goal is I'm supposed to grow into the likeness of Jesus. And I've found in, at times done something for someone, and, and I didn't expect in like return, but being frustrated that there wasn't even a verbalized expression of gratitude. Mm. And then that thought that comes to my mind, well, I'm not going to do that for them again. <laughs> and I can laugh at that now, you know, but I genuinely, well, I just won't do that for them. And that would be ordinary. Right. But we're called to live extraordinary lives. And, and so I just see it in so many different ways in my mm-hmm. own life, practically. Oh, I do too. Absolutely. Um, next question here. What do you do when it seems your differences don't fit into a ministry or group of believers? Huh. Um, well, let's make sure we don't qualify or think of our sinfulness mm-hmm. as differences. If you're an impatient person or if you're a rude person, and that's why you're not fitting in. And I'm not suggesting this is, but right. I just was like, eh. okay, let's not call uh, sin differences. Okay. So, but if your differences are such like, uh, I, uh, let me think of some practical examples. So we had uh, years ago an individual within our body who had this um, deep burden for women who were serving in strip clubs. And she could have felt very like, Nobody else here uh, is burdened by that. I've heard no sermon on that. I've seen nobody trying to reach out there. And so I'm different. I don't fit here. No, she believed the Lord had put that on her heart. And so she began to pray, Lord, help me make a difference of here. She got an idea. She shared that idea with some other folks who then were like, oh, man, that's an awesome idea. And so... Their differences were, at the beginning, different in the sense that she was unique. It wasn't there. But she found then that when she put, she shared what was on her heart with others, that those who um, wouldn't have said it wanted to join her. So that would be one example. Uh, our differences, I'm trying to think practically of how differences. Read the question again so I make sure I get it. Sorry. I oh, see sure. It. it says, what do you do when it seems your differences don't fit into a ministry or group of believers? So, so I'm not that, certain if they're yeah. talking personality or right. skill set. Yes, it may, be, it may be a personality. And that's where, again, 
we can have different personalities, but that's not an excuse for a sinful, uh, sure. either per, excusing your sinful attitude or sinful reactions or sinful relating as different. So again, I don't want to assume that's the situation here. Why I answered the way I did, I just go back to that, is it seemed like they didn't fit because it wasn't there. So it may be that the Lord is giving you an opportunity to start mm-hmm. something that isn't present. So many of the good things that have happened at the chapel, have not been staff-initiated. They have been people in the seat-initiated. God put something on their heart, and they got it. They got it started. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the things that have happened around here, it was that the elder said, Doug, we want you to do this. The, the, the class for fifth-grade fathers of fifth-grade boys, that was something the Lord put on my heart. There wasn't anything like that. I could have went, well, I feel different, but the Lord worked in my heart. That wasn't part of my job. I started it. Lord has recently put on your heart that, and this wasn't your staff role. Mm -hmm. We're not paying you to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tracy has recently started then a similar ministry for fifth grade moms of fifth grade girls, except she made it better. She made a ministry for the fifth grade girls as well. So way to one up it. So the point is, the Lord may be using you in that differences to start something that isn't. So don't run from that. Yeah, He gives us different passions. He gives us different. I mean, I've said many times in here, even my passion for communications, never thought it would be ministry. And then the Lord has provided that opportunity where I didn't know anyone else who's doing that. Um, So he can use those. He's given them to you for a reason. Yeah. And the reason is for the building up of the body. Right. So... uh, it's hard to start things because we feel we're alone. But I would encourage you to let your the gifts that God has given you and the unique passions and desires that he's given you. And we're going to talk a lot about this after Easter. We're going to jump into the book of Nehemiah. And I think the book of Nehemiah will answer some of these questions really clearly. Yeah, looking forward to that. Um, next question. So back to helping and serving people. Um, how do you find balance between helping people in their need and enabling people who just refuse to try? Their circumstances are because they make poor choices mm-hmm. repeatedly. They expect others to rescue them rather than change their attitudes or choices. How right. do we find a balance in love for them, yet not enable them? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> love does not enable. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the simple there. Love does not enable. So, for example, you were sitting in the training Friday night. Uh, I'm driving to the counselor training Friday night here at the chapel. I get to the intersection of Loretto and San Jose, and there's a gentleman on the corner with a sign that says, uh, please help, lost my job, God bless. The irony of him being there was that as I looked at him right over his shoulder was a hiring now at the McDonald's there, and they're like, and it wasn't a situation where you need special skills. And right down the street, within sight of this man, I could see two uh, now hiring signs. So um, I don't want to be neglectful of helping the poor. But the scripture says, he who doesn't work doesn't eat. So we enable people who could work, can work, they have physical capability to work, and jobs are available we do not love them by helping them by not giving them so they don't need to work. This, I mean, I wish our government got that, quite frankly. And I think it's 
our government is feeling the impact of over mm. providing. And so we have all these employment opportunities, but all the folks on unemployment. Now, there are certain circumstances. I'm not saying that everybody who receives unemployment is sinning against the Lord. But if you right. can work, you should work so that you can eat and have what we read in Ephesians 4 this morning, have something to share. Mm -hmm. So uh, we enable, to the point of the question in principle, we enable when we do out when we do things for folks that God has made them capable to do for themselves. So that's not loving. You can feel bad and they may suffer because they won't do what God has made them to do, but we're not going to help them by doing for them what God has made them able to do. I think that's the principle right there. You should ask yourself, are they able to do what needs to be done. And if so, I'm not going to help them because that wouldn't be loving them. That would be giving them yet another reason not to do what God's made them able to do. Mm. Is that clear? Yes, then, it is. And okay. I know it can be a Maybe tough situation depending on relationships and family. It can be, it can be hard to not want to provide and to help in I those agree. situations. But let's not confuse hard with confusing. Sure. <laughs> so, because things get hard relationally or emotionally and those things get crossed, then mm -hmm. they somehow become confusing. It's not confusing. Mm. It's just hard. Yeah. The decision's clear. It's hard to do it. But, but don't let, let the hard make the clear confusing. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so next question here, why does God love us? We didn't do anything to deserve it, so why do you think he loves us so much? <laughs> what a great question. Why, God, why does God love us? And I don't mean to be uh, smart out of when I say this. He loves us because he is love. Because that is his nature. That is his character. Is. Yes, that is who he is. And he is that to the point that he loves those who don't deserve love. So um, I don't know that I have any other answer than that, that, because that's who he is. Why is God patient with us? Because God is patient. Why is God kind to us? Because God is kind. Uh, so uh, he does what he does because he is who he is. And that's really the consistency that we're called to as followers of Jesus to recognize who we have been become in Christ and therefore our actions to flow out of who we are so that like God we do what we do who does what he does because of who he is we would begin to know who we are and do what we do because of who we are in Christ it's a reflection of his character mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so grateful for that uh, well a reflection of our character because, mm, of because, who he, right. because of who he's made us. I'm not just trying to imitate him. He's made me like him so mm. that I would be, so that I would do what he would do because he's made me like who he is. Mm. Otherwise, it's just a, a bad imitation act. <laughs> <laughs> That's another Elvis impersonator. <laughs> yeah, I won't try that. <laughs> but you can go ahead. No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, though. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, well, that's all our questions this morning. Anything you would add as we wrap up this morning? Hmm. 
I would only, I would only reinforce, not mm. add. The life we're called to live is a life of faith. Galatians 2.20 is my, if you have a life verse, well, you may go, what's that mean? If I have one verse that I would say, this is what I want to uh, embody my life, it would be Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. So uh, I want to encourage you with every part of my being to learn to live a life of faith. Not an ordinary life, not just a civilized life, not just a responsible life, a life of faith, a life that steps where you would not step apart from the fact that God now lives in you. A life that now decides decisions that you would not make apart from the fact that God lives in you. Relationships that you would engage in, that you would not engage in apart from the fact that God lives in you. I went to Bible college and I never had a single class on living by faith. But Mm. the Christian life is a life of faith. So we can learn theology and we can learn everything about what is true. But until we learn to live by faith, we're missing the Christian life. Great. It's the life. That's the life. life of faith. That's the life of faith. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and we hope you guys have a great week.